Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it might be that you're tuning in and listening to this. Once again, I'm here with the Leadership Connection, and today I have a very special guest, Rob Kelwarowski. Rob is uh, from the Great White North up there in Alberta, Canada, and uh, he's been in our industry for a number of years now, and one of those people that, boy, if you haven't seen Rob's Reliability Project, you are missing out. I'm going to tell you that right now. Always some great stuff out there. I see it on LinkedIn quite a bit, and I've had the pleasure of actually uh, being interviewed and, and doing some podcast type stuff with Rob in the past, and so I'm excited to have him as a guest here today. How's it going, Rob? No, great. It's good. It's great to have uh, to join you, Doug. And and yeah, you're right. Like if they if they want to hit uh, the archives, I guess it's called maintenance disrupted now. But it, they hit the archives, they can find some good content from you. So they should they should check that out. <laughs> all right so rob tell me a bit about your past where you may have gone to school the companies that you've worked for the jobs that you've had uh tell us a little bit about rob yeah so i mean i've been in the maintenance industry i guess now for about 10 or 11 years um i went to mit mechanical engineering degree minor in management i started off my career in coal mining i worked as a reliability engineer then I moved into a consulting role at Fluid Life as a senior reliability engineer, just doing a bunch of audits, both from the lubrication side. I was teaching some lubrication courses like MLA 1, 2, uh, those type of things. And then also like seeing all the customers really, like everything from mining, manufacturing, power plants, uh, shipping vessels, like the whole whack across at least Canada and a little bit in the U.S. Now I work um, as an asset class manager at Enbridge. So I manage uh, pipeline valves basically across, I mean, from all the way up to Fort McMurray, to Houston, out to, to Sarnia, Ontario. So there's a, a huge portfolio there of like 20,000 valves right or something. Yeah. So that, that's that's and yeah, I mean, and then I guess in the in the last, I don't know, year or so, I, I started my own company, too. And so I'm doing stuff on the side, like I do some consulting projects on the side as well as, um, you know, I have like some leadership programs and that kind of stuff, too. Very good. Well, the MLT, MLA stuff, I, I have to say that, you know, I I, uh, I took that course, about I want to say it was three years ago. And wow, what a, a level of respect I earned for lubrication practices by taking that course and, and uh, passing the uh, MLT. It was, uh, I, I will tell you, I haven't had to study that hard in 40 years. It seemed like <laughs> in between there, I had night school. It was like, holy smokes, you know, wow, that there's some intense stuff going on there. I, I was actually involved with early on with the, uh, CMRP, uh, before it actually even became the certification, we were putting together the test at, at SMRP and, uh, you know, trying to make a test that was that was challenging. And I thought, well, this loop stuff, it can't be all that bad. It's just one piece of this, of, of what you take for a CMRP. And I was like, holy moly, there's a lot of stuff to remember there. In fact, you know, I didn't do myself any good by by waiting until I was about 55 or 57. I can't remember how old I was. To go. <laughs> uh, I just always said, I'm going to make sure if I 
in a position to like do an RCM, what are the uh, lubrication tasks that ought to be done? I always say apply lubrication best practices, you know, for the test <laughs> to determine correct type, amount, and frequency, that type of stuff, right? So you being an instructor in that, that, that says a lot right there to me because uh, to be able to instruct it, you got to know it inside now. There's so, Yeah, there's uh, a fair amount of chemistry there. But, I mean, the biggest thing I think, and, and Doug, I think you come from the same realm of thought, at least when you teach RCM, it, it's like there's a lot of stuff in there that it's best practice, but when you actually go out into the field, you need to do it differently because just like the logistics and the simplicity around it, and I take a very much a, a more practical approach in, in some aspects there. Um, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you, um, in terms of being a leader in this industry, uh, there comes a point in your career where somebody recognizes you as a leader. And uh, can you tell me what, project where you're working on what company were you working for you think when you were first recognized as a leader <laughs> so it's gonna be wild right because there is actually didn't happen through a job it happened through the podcast um so it happened through rob's reliability project and i basically like throughout my career even now i don't I either had a couple direct reports they're not really many and i never really thought myself as a leader but i started working with a leadership coach about 15 months ago and she really taught me what leadership actually is and it's not just this aspect of you know i have 100 direct reports i'm the maintenance manager i'm the site gm it, it's more about how are you showing up how are you impacting the people around you how are you influencing the people around you to be better and for me, like, you know, Doug, like the content that I put out on a like daily basis, it has been influencing the industry for at least a couple of years. And I think like that's really where people should be thinking about. And it's like us as reliability engineers or asset managers, a lot of the time you don't have direct reports, but you need to be able to influence and impact your team and the people around you because otherwise you're ineffective. Exactly. Um you know, it's it's funny because when I go into a company and sit down and, and get ready to do RCM, uh, as much information as I send out beforehand of this is what a good team looks like, you still will end up with people that when you look them in the eye and you start talking about what we're going to do and, and you can see the defeat already on their face saying, okay, we're, here I am, I'm get, get, being involved with the program of the month again, right? And I tell people, Look, our, our job here is to make the impossible happen, right? Because nobody else around here believes that this is actually going to work, right? And they'll, they'll go, well, I can't believe you're saying that. And I'll go, well, look, I once was that tradesperson, right? I <laughs> once was that person sitting in the, in the classroom going, yeah, this would be great if uh, our managers would listen, blah, 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 blah. The stuff that goes on in the break room, you know? And I say... I've also heard the conversations that if they would listen to us, things would work better here. This is your chance, right? This is your chance to do all this stuff. Everything we talk about this week is going to be your ideas, right? And that's really, you know, your story relates to that. That's that's really what leadership is, inspiring people that, that uh, 
they want they want to be successful. People want to be successful. I'm mean, I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Ninety percent of the people that come in to a job in the morning, they want to have a good day. They want to make change. They want to improve things, right? So you mentioned a mentor there quickly in that conversation. Are there, are there a couple mentors that you'd like to talk about and tell me about the things that they uh, taught you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first one would be Jeff Smith. He he was my manager at Tech, and he taught me a lot about just like maintenance and reliability, best practices, and like fundamental aspects there. And then, yeah, like the next one is the leadership coach Susan Hobson. So we we co-host the Leadership Launchpad Project podcast now, and it's very much focused on this this aspect of people centric leadership. And it's exactly what you said, Doug, right? It's like people want to win every day and they want to feel like they're winning. And it's a huge gap in industry right now. And it's like, you know, you've written a book on RCM, you know, like I've had a bunch of authors on my podcast over the years. And it's like best practices are fairly well understood. And yet we're not getting the results that we should get we're not able to execute and implement results and i think that's the biggest thing is like i've asked this question on my podcast and it's basically like um you know what's the gap like you you understand the best practices we've talked about it this whole episode like what's the gap what's holding us back from actually having success and everyone basically said like culture and implementation and for me both of those boil down to leadership and you see it like I've seen it my entire career. Right. And there's these aspects like I would show up at a, at a site to do an audit on on reliability or lubrication practices and the shop floor people know what need to change. Right. They just hired a consultant to basically tell their manager what needs to change. And what that is, is just a lack of psychological safety, a lack of the ability for people to give feedback to be heard and for that cycle of continuous improvement to happen and so learning more about stuff like growth mindset about people-centric leadership about psychological safety like these are concepts that we need to implement because that's what's holding us back right now very cool um Jeff Smith, by the way, that is a, a person that I've crossed paths with several times through my career. Great guy. Uh, if you see him, tell him I said hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in, in terms of, of, of the, the people part of this business, that's really the enjoyable part for me. The other piece of, of, of leadership with that is finding the leaders in those groups, right? And and lots of people haven't identified themselves as that. They may be that already within their crew, right? Like when you sit in that meeting, you'll hear the guys talk about one another. And after a couple hours, you go, okay, who's the leader in this room? You can, you can pretty much figure it out just by the level of respect they show one another, right? Even though in maintenance terms, that's often jabs and teasing and picking on and it's in uh, the testing of the thin skin, as is, is, uh, some people like to say. Um, but it's getting those leaders, you know, where their peers see them as that, getting them to step up so that their managers recognize them as that, right? So, I love that. I love that. And that's, you know, 
That's my favorite leadership quote, actually. So my favorite leadership quote is from Simon Sinek. And he says, leadership is a choice, not a rank. And that's where I want to start people off is if you're listening to this and probably most of you don't consider yourself a leader if you're listening to this. You probably don't think that you can be a leader. Like I've heard some people come back to me and say, hey, Rob, like I'm an individual consultant. How can I be a leader? Like how is leadership training important to me? And it's like, well, you can go to site and lead your customer. You can teach them how to lead well. Like there's a lot of elements there. And I think that's the biggest key for me is start believing that you're a leader. Make the choice today and it will change how you show up. It will change who you are. And like you've seen it in me, like once I started believing that I'm a leader, my content shifted from like maintenance and reliability, best practices to leadership to mental health and these like elements that people I think are missing in our industry. And that's where my impact is increased. Like if you want maintenance and reliability, best practices, like Mobius does a ton of great work, right? Like reliability connect, CBM connect, you can go to Ascendo. There's a bunch of content out there, but there isn't, I mean, I think I'm the first person to talk about mental health in our industry. Yes, obviously. And congratulations for doing that. Um, it's really something that, that's special. When I when I saw that you put that out there, it's it's really uh, not only heartfelt, but it's something that's necessary, right? <laughs> to talk about that and and to uh, educate people on on the importance of of recognizing it and dealing with it. Um, it's it's a very tough tough issue, uh, especially. Uh, it, it's one thing with your colleagues. It's another when it touches your family, right? Uh, it, it's it's uh, trying. It's heartbreaking, um, and it's it's one of those things that, that that people need to step up, recognize it, address it, and do their best to to help others. Um, let me ask you because this is kind of off subject of of. Our, of what we agreed to talk about, but what inspired you to, to do that? I mean, it is a, such an important thing that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it just made sense to me, Doug. Like, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, PTSD for 10 years, basically. And, like, I've tried 15 different medications. Um, you know, they, like I've tried a bunch of different therapies. I had a suicide attempt, like all these things. And, and it's like incredibly difficult to find help. And it's incredibly difficult to open up and ask for help. Like it took me nine months to ask for help the first time. And it's not just a me issue, right? Like it's 20% of people. That's the, the, the quote unquote statistic is 20% of people per year are affected by a mental health issue. 50% of people over their lifetime will be affected by a mental health issue. I think these are underreported because again, right? You have to have the courage to ask for help to get part of that box. And I think for me, it just made sense. And if you look at the statistics, heavy industry, these male dominated macho industries are two to three times the national average for suicide, like mining, oil and gas, construction, agriculture, fishing, all these things and like I, no one was talking about it and i was like well why not me like i i can talk about it 
And that was the biggest thing is like that that to me is not like like I'm not selling anything around mental health. Like I mean I could I guess you could hire me to speak, but I'm not trying to sell anything. What I'm trying to do is help people. And I think that's really where we want to be is is like leadership is about impact and influence and you can step up and you can and it doesn't have to be like work context it doesn't have to make you money it doesn't have to do these types of things it's like you can step up and care for the people around you and like since i started putting that content out like people from all around the world have reached out to me and said like hey i suffer too thank you and it's like that kind of stuff is incredibly rewarding and incredibly like it builds so much connection that you never would have had so I have a son that struggles with it, and it is it is heartbreaking. And he is, by the way, he is in our our world, our maintenance world, and he's uh, he's a machine builder and a machine operator, and very very bright bright kid. But boy, you know the highs and lows are are, are really a struggle. So yeah. weaving this into what we do and the conversation that we're having, you talked a few minutes ago about the culture change right people you recognize that that it's a culture that needs to change and depression is is fits right into that right our culture and how we've dealt with it in the past right is um we need people to step up and that's really what changes the culture at work too right when you tell people and i say you look at that group and you say okay there's a guy that i believe is a leader at some point in time he and i are going to or she and i are going to have a side conversation and say, this culture won't change until people step up, right? This culture won't change until we start using data to prove the things we know are right. And this culture in terms of how we treat depression won't change until people actually step up and have this conversation. So it's a, it's a fantastic thing. And it weaves right into what are you most proud of of your career at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it's to me, Doug, leadership and mental health are completely related. Like my experience was I I saved a company over $30 million. I walked into my annual review and I was like, hey, like this is the next step for me. Like I'm gonna get promoted, I'm getting raises, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the fast track. And like basically the inverse happened and you'll you'll resonate with this right is it's like what happened was you didn't save us that much money we could never do anything better we've always done it this way right and it's like that takes away this ability from people to to push the limits to grow to learn to change and i think that's what the biggest thing like there's a lot of things wrong with our industry but i mean like the fixed mindset and and these fear-based leadership cultures is really what's holding us back and that's where those things are leading to the 70 percent disengagement and then like and then the mental health issues kind of stem from all of that and i think like in terms of like what am i most proud of like i can tell you like i sit here i've saved companies over 100 million dollars doesn't matter like i don't care what i care about most was I got this message the first time I talked about mental health I got I got a message from a guy out of Reno Nevada and he said hey I'm 55 years old 
and I've tried everything. I was a Marine, I was a pastor, I'm a, I'm a maintenance manager now, and I've tried all these therapies, I've had three divorces, all these things. And this podcast helped me. You talking about depression helped me. And that really is the thing I'm most proud of. Like the money, like saving people money, like, you know, like, like, so what, right? Like, but what really matters is, is and what I'm on a mission on now with both the leadership and the mental health aspect is I want people to show up to work and be engaged and be happy and then take that home. Because that's really the big message here is like, if you're stepping up as a leader, you can lead at home, you can lead at work, you can lead at school, you can lead in your community, you can lead anywhere and you can make people's lives better. It doesn't have to be just this aspect to grind out another 5% availability or grind out another million dollars of savings here or there. And I think that's the biggest piece. Like the, the two new podcasts that I have out, Leadership Launchpad Project and Dismantling High Performance Narrative, like these are where we're coming from. We're trying to bring real conversations, new conversations to the space and really change how we're doing business. It's it's funny because I you know listen to you and I relate back to the things that my father told me and he was a, a a machinist and a journeyman and then for a long time he was promoted to maintenance supervisor at I think the age of thirty and he worked from thirty to fifty three in that job and that was most of my um, you know the years of elementary, junior high, high school, he was doing that job. And I don't ever remember him talking about work ever, right? And then when I started at the same company and just before I was married, I was still living at home and, and riding to work with him. And then all I'd hear was work, 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 right? And I, I finally said to him one day, you never used to talk about work. He goes, well, number one, I didn't think you'd ever understand. Number two, you got to learn to close your problems in the in the locker on a way out the door right what good would it be for me to come home and talk about all this crap at, at the dinner table and then i'm thinking to myself after i'm going through this is that really a good thing to do right and did he have those issues and then it just differences in people and how they deal with life right um those and things like and you can't son, cut it off right because he grew up on in my home right so when i see him i know he's either having a good day or he's having a bad day before he even says a word right and finding that person to talk to and sometimes that's not dad right but you have to be able to talk about those things and that was i think a recognition that you made but Coming back and, and making a circle into your career again, uh, what are some of the books or courses that you took that had an influence? People are always interested in hearing about those things and, and saying, gee, what, what's next for me? What are some of the things that you would say were, were influential in your career? Yeah, I mean, to like, there's been a few, I think, like, I told you this one when you were on my show, but I took RCM Blitz as one of the earliest courses I had. I took a, a course around, um, I think it was around like maintenance and reliability fundamentals with ARMS. I thought it was pretty good. 
But I think like, to be honest, the biggest shift that I've had has been this really, this leadership work that I've been on. And it's been, it's been transformative in a way, like everything else it adds to your skill set. And like, I took the CRE and, and there was very math intensive background there. I've taken the CMRP, you know, it gives you another a view of the world. But I, but I really think like, like if I'm out here challenging people, like, yes, there's technical skills that you need. Absolutely take, you know, if you're gonna run a vibration course, like you need, you know, cat three, cat four vibration. Like there's no, there's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts about that. But I think what I wanna challenge people to do is, is like start learning about like leadership, start learning about yourself and start really kind of unlocking these questions. Because like what you said, Doug, right? It's like, you cannot turn your work off. Like it's gonna follow you home. Like I thought, hey man, like I could compartmentalize with the best of them. Like I had literally three lives. Like I had my work life, my home life, my podcast life, my sports life. Like it was all out there separate. And, and like I would keep people out of, like if you were in one, I wouldn't want you to come to the other. Like I kept you separate, but it doesn't work that way. Like, like our mood follows us, our beliefs follow us, like all these things follow us. And so you need it all to work together. And that's the biggest thing, right? Is like, I, and I'll ask you this question. It's like the first time my coach asked me this is like, who are you? I basically listed a bunch, of, like basically what I listed at the top of this episode. Okay, I worked at this job. I play water polo. I went to MIT, like all these things. And it's like, that's not who you are. That's your resume. And I think people don't necessarily know what, what values do they have? What drives them to get out of bed each morning? Like these are some questions that you need to answer to actually be happy. Because like not all your, your job's not going to light you up but there are elements that you're gonna enjoy and that you should lean into. And that's where people should be at. That is an incredible piece of advice right there. I, I wanna say that because I, most people would do exactly what you did, right? They talk about their resume, the things that they see themselves as being good at, right? As opposed to who are you, right? Uh, are you a good dad? Are you a good husband? Are you a good friend? um are you loyal are you supportive all right those are those are qualities that uh, we should all seek to be better at um interesting interesting uh quote so looking at the future what does the future hold for rob yeah i mean for me, like where I'm going, I'm sort of making a pivot in my career right now. And like I'm being trained as a leadership coach. And I guess on the on the back of, of that training course, like where we offered um, the Leadership Launchpad Project program in the fall, and we'll be offering it twice this year. And like I'll be hosting it or coaching it or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's really going to help you lean into those questions, like who you are, what your values are what type of leader you are. And then we're gonna teach you stuff like growth mindset, psychological safety, how to build rapport, like these types of skills that, to be honest, I think are lacking in the workforce. Um, but that's really where I'm going next. Like, like there's, 
like I'm going to be moving towards the leadership aspects of our industry. Obviously, the mental health stuff. Um, I'm not charging for that, but but <laughs> like that, that's also where I'll be moving. I mean, I've already moved, I guess, but but we'll be putting out more stuff in that aspects. And then, I mean, you know, like yeah, it's just it's a huge passion for mine, just because of where I've gone and what I've seen. And I just want people to like, it comes back to that mission. Like I want people to go to work and be engaged. I want people to feel like they're winning when they're working, not where we're at right now, where you walk around and people are just checked out. They're just punching the clock and like waiting for Friday afternoon. Excellent. So I got to tell you, um, I've, I've said right along to people, um, the technical stuff is easy. Anybody can do it. The leading piece is, is the piece that's the most satisfying. And, and I think there's a lot more people that can do that than, than that really haven't recognized that they have that ability, right? And it really comes down to those traits that you talk about, who am I, right? And I think there are a lot of leaders out there. So Rob, before we close here, what are some of the places that people can find you to find out more about Rob and more about the things that you're out there doing? <laughs> if you didn't find me already, <laughs> there's not much hope for you. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, you can, first off, you can check out my website, robsreliability.com. It's got the links to both podcasts on there. It's also got the leadership program outline um, and some of the other stuff I offer or you can just follow me on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. So that's a, that's a good place to find me. And then also, yeah, like subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project podcast, subscribe to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative podcast. Both of those will come out each Monday. It will be a new episode. Obviously, the leadership one's about leadership. The other one's about mental health. So it might not be for you if you're not in that game, but I really, you just want to compel people, right? And it's what you said, Doug. It's it's not about seeing yourself as a leader and like needing that recognition to come from outside. It's about you making the choice. You can start to believe you're a leader today and it will change you. It will change how you show up. It will change how you see the world and it'll change what you do. And I think that's the biggest piece is like make that choice to be a leader today make the choice to care about the people to the left and to the right of you, to the above you in the organization, below you in the organization, at home, in your community, and really just lean into it and like start having those conversations, start making that change that you wanna see in the world and we'll make the world a better place for everybody. All right. Rob, it's been fantastic talking to you today and we are going to have to do this again in the future um hopefully on a date when it's a little warmer up there and uh, <laughs> the no it's, it's been a pleasure doug i i always love to to chat with you and and yeah like absolutely anytime you want me on i'm i'm available all right this has been doug plucknet with my friend rob kalwarowski have a great day. It's been the Leadership Connection, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.